Hello and welcome to Diagnostics Digest, a podcast by CM Life Science. I'm your host, Nathan Sharp, and my focus is finding the best talent in the diagnostic space, with a specialist interest in point of care and rapid testing. In this episode, I speak with Kevin Fallon, CEO at Flex Medical, about how far they've come as a business since launch and what they plan on doing to make sure they retain staff and their culture as they grow. Whether you're interested in hearing a fascinating story or gaining insight into how the company is becoming one of the go-to IVD manufacturers in the world, then be sure to have a listen. Here it is. I hope you enjoy. Hi Kevin, thanks for joining me today. Let's probably start by learning a little bit more about who you are and what you do at Flex Medical. Sure. Uh, so I'm Kevin Fallon um, and I'm CEO and co-founder of Flex Medical. So Flex Medical was uh, started essentially um, at the beginning of 2015 and it was really born from a major diagnostics organisation, Alir, and Alir closed one of its sites down, a Scottish site, which um, I had the misfortune to uh, have the job essentially of closing that, that particular facility down. Um, but of course, that brought some opportunities, and um, myself and a couple of other uh, senior individuals from Alir decided that rather than uh, go on holiday with our redundancy fees, we would buy um, lots of uh, machinery and equipment and uh, would basically have a go at going alone. And uh, Flex Medical Solutions was born from that. And the company is a contract business. Mm -hmm. Um, We are a designer, developer, and manufacturer of of point-of-care diagnostics. Mm -hmm. Specialism is on the disposable component. So we're not an electronics company. We don't really get involved in instrumentation. Mm -hmm. We work closely with instrumentation designers and manufacturers, but we concentrate on the the throwaway component of the test. And obviously, post-COVID, everyone knows what those throwaway components look like. Mm -hmm. Um, Ironically, we don't get involved in lateral flow tests. That's not our tech, but pretty much everything else is. So we would describe ourselves as detection technology agnostic. So um, whether it's electrochemistry, fluorescence, lens-free imaging, Mm -hmm. PCR, um, we do get involved in all of those things. We just tend not to touch lateral flow. Great. Thank you for that. gives us a, a, maybe a good point to start then and was it 2016 am i am i right there when when you guys roughly... yeah the business was we we incorporated actually at the very end of 2014 but okay. 2015 was then a a year really of a consultancy so myself okay. a couple of co-founders consulted really with a view to bringing cash in um and then in 2016 we um, acquired our first premises so we became a kind of business proper, I'm mm-hmm. going to say, in 2016. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. I, and I think it's a good date to probably start with. And I guess since then, you've acquired facilities, invested in the equipment, grown significantly. Um, why is now such an exciting time, would you say, to be for somebody to be joining Flex Medical on your journey? Um, so I would describe the, the place we're at at the moment, Nathan, probably as a, a genuine, we're in the scale-up stage, okay? So um, I felt that we switched from start-up to scale-up probably um, beginning of 
Yeah, mid-pandemic probably actually. Mm-hmm. It really felt like with the company was making a shift. Um, and the, the the startup challenges started to fade and the scale-up challenges started to come into play. Mm-hmm. And experience tells me uh, very much so that um, scaling up is much more difficult than starting up, actually. Yeah. Um, it doesn't. You, you don't know what you don't know. So starting up is tough, very, very tough. And I know the statistics aren't wonderful for companies being successful. But once you get past that and you're serious about scaling, um, the challenges are much more difficult. Um, so people who are joining us now, mm-hmm. um, I would say are getting the, the the benefits still of a really young, a really energetic, mm-hmm. um, but, but very experienced business. We're very good at what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, they're able to see that this is, a am going to say, a real company. Um, startups sometimes don't have a real company feel. So yeah. we've got, a, I would say, a blend of being a startup but also, um, you know, we've demonstrated success and we're really scaling the business now. Um, so these guys can come in and uh, I think can get the best of both worlds. Great. And and what would you say is maybe the difference? You've worked in larger organizations and, and now obviously you're with Flex and, and founded Flex. What would you say is the difference? Say somebody's coming from a larger, more... Uh, what a large organization they're coming to join flex what would you say the the major differences are if, if any or would you say that you're striving to to be like that and therefore drawing some similarities no i mean i would say flex medical is a um you know having worked for big organizations i think you um even the best performers there is a tendency to be um pigeonholed and um, depending on what your your, your skill set is now, obviously, we bring people in with specific skill sets. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you know, in science, that's clearly very important. But um, the the opportunities that exist in a smaller business to really move to the left and the right of your core yeah. are, are are there every day. Um, in my experience, um, people normally either really love the um, the challenges that come with a smaller, um, frankly, more agile business. Mm-hmm. Or um, they very quickly learn that they don't like it. Now, our, our staff retention is superb. I mean, mm-hmm. a single-digit percentage. Um, so we're definitely doing something right. And there's very few people who come in and actually, you know, move on quickly. Um, but I would say that uh, it does take a certain type of person. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds terrible this this saying, but you know, there's there's no hiding place in a business like ours. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know that in some large organisations there are hiding places. Large organisations might not want me yeah. to say that, but there, <laughs> there is, there absolutely is, and um, you won't, that just doesn't exist here. So you need to come in and you need to perform. Yeah. Um. And uh, as long as you're doing that, um, you'll enjoy it. Yeah. I guess it's that, like you say, the accountability and and stepping up to to the role you've been brought in to do, and and then you'll get rewarded for that as well. I'm I'm sure. Absolutely. So it's a high performance, um, high reward type um, of environment. We're very, very serious about giving people the best opportunities that we can. Um, you know, career development, personal development is 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 key. Yeah. Um, you know, success. I've I've learned now over the years that you know quite often the first number of years in your career um money might seem like the main thing mm-hmm. um and there's actually a bit of change in that now so the generations are definitely starting to change a bit there but mm. i think the um you know what we are providing people with is a phenomenal foundation 
um, if people come in here um, and they, you, you know, they listen, they contribute um, and they learn, I would be astonished if they can't go on to, you know, very significant things in the future. Hopefully with us. Mm-hmm. But if it's not with us, then again, I'm okay with that. You know, we if someone leaves because they've got a, an opportunity that thinks better, um, they go where blessing. You know, we're not yeah. one of these organisations. Again, I've worked in places where you're you're kind of ostracised as soon as you hand in. You're, you're noticed that is not the case here. Okay, it's just not the way. Um, you know, we we would see that as a success. Um, and if someone's not happy, um, and again, whether this is the right thing to do or not. Um, I, I always say, listen, you come and have a conversation. We'll actually help you if, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. if that's if that's where you're at. There's no point in being unhappy at work. Right? Yeah. It doesn't help me. Doesn't help the employee. Doesn't help the business performance. So it's refreshing to hear that as well. I think actually having those honest conversations with people, and maybe it's a, a move internally that you can make as a, as a company to try help that person, or or if it is just time for them to make a move. But what what I was thinking of what then when when you were speaking about. I guess almost building a, a pedigree of of experience from Flex Medical, and then say somebody else does go on to go somewhere else. People know because they've come from a Flex Medical background. Then it's like okay, they know what they're doing. They're willing to get stuck in. They're they're they're, they're going to stand up when we need them to stand up, and 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 we can kind of rely on that experience as well. I think that's that's why I was getting a little bit from from what you were saying there. As well. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. Um, we've we've. In fact, I get some feedback as recently as um, this week um, that the the company in its you know let's call it six years of real kind of um, grown up company mm. um, life um, has um, created a superb reputation, um, and this is actually for one of the one of our suppliers who also happen now to be a customer, um, and you know they've fed that back to us that the 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 there is a real sense and the IVD point of care marketplace now that, you know, if you're looking for someone to partner with to develop your product or manufacture your product on a contract basis, then we are fast becoming or have become probably the mm-hmm. go-to um, organisation. So that, that's going to stand any um, employees present or past or future in good mm-hmm. stead um, as they, you know, as they look to, to roll those skills out. Great. Uh, obviously, fantastic for you guys to be getting that feedback from, like you say, from suppliers and then now clients as well, which is yeah, good yeah. to hear. Um, and probably want to stay on maybe the the what it's like maybe at Flex day to day, and I guess with the business growing rapidly and expansion plans in the works and, and already taking place, I'd be interested to hear maybe a little bit more about the culture um, and what you're trying to cultivate alongside this as well. So almost what it's like to work at Flex day in day out, and the, and the, you mentioned some of the the, the types of people that have joined you, um, but how does that play into that as well yeah so the the business is at the moment we're split over i'm going to say two sites and um, albeit they're, they're a stone's throw from one another like a hundred a couple hundred yards mm. um the, the the new building that i'm sitting in as i speak to you now we um we constructed or we fitted out last year we moved in i think around about june mm. um of 2021 and this building is really focused on R&D. So it's multiple labs. Labs are dedicated to particular clients that we're working with. That obviously guarantees their confidentiality. Mm-hmm. Um, there's then another kind of floor, which is the main office, completely meeting rooms and sort of staff facilities, et cetera. 
And then just along the road is the, the original Flex Medical building, which is now really the manufacturing suites. So we have um, three, in fact, four manufacturing suites, one of which is dedicated to wet reagent production. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in terms of how that, that works, um, the, the teams are predominantly cross-functional. So any work we do, and one of the, the things that, that really differentiates us as a, a, a supplier or a partner is that we as well as been able to contribute very significantly to the design of these ivd point of care products we can also prototype but not just prototype scale and when i say scale i don't mean you know hundreds we can genuinely scale we've got we've got enough capabilities here to take clients properly to market so the culture is now one where you know people get involved in discovery programs it could be formal feasibility any stage of the product development life cycle right up to commercial supply. Um, and commercial supply has actually became much more um, significant for us um, this year, mm-hmm. 2022. And uh, it's it has had a bit of, required a bit of shift in mindset because when people are working in a, a, a less regulated um, fashion, which early stage R&D tends to be, but as that starts to move through schedule development and feasibility, sorry, validation, mm-hmm. um, then th- these things kind of change. So the business has matured a lot, but what's been really consistent is, um, you know, everything fundamentally goes back to performance. Mm-hmm. People just, they, they, they buy into this high performing culture. Um, the culture is one where um, we don't have an expectation that people are going to be working, you know, extra hours every day. Mm-hmm. We try and plan the work properly. Does it happen occasionally? Of course it does. Mm-hmm. Like that's 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 the way of the world. But if you asked anyone here, um, and actually we have data to prove this because we've done a we've done a, a, a survey, a staff survey earlier this year, mm-hmm. um, and you know, work life balance was one of the uh, highest scoring um, components that came out of that study. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's quite unusual, actually, in its own, as you, I'm sure you know. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, it scores very highly here. So I think we've got something quite unique in that we're able to perform well, um, but in the main, we're doing it in a, um, uh, you know, a manner that means people's private lives aren't... Um, you know, restricted, yeah. and that's really important. Um, and it's, I dare say it's one of the reasons why we've got such high staff retention as well, because yeah. it's, it's, it's probably the number one important factor to most people now, you know, so that's yeah. something I think we're, we're doing a good job at. Sounds, it sounds like it to me as well, and I guess good to hear that you almost have those, almost have your finger on the pulse of, of, of your actual employees as well and, and really take that feedback on board of what they're, where they are um and what they're feeling as a business not just like professionally but personally as well like like you say are they getting that work-life yeah. balance are they okay Nathan, if there's a if there's a problem in here and someone doesn't feel comfortable mm. lifting their hand or raising the issue then that's on me right mm-hmm. so that's a that's a fail as far as i'm concerned um so i would hope that you know if if you know the, the exception may be people who are just in the door sometimes people you know they're a bit like any new job mm-hmm. you just want to find their feet but i'd be disappointed if there was anyone who'd been here for any number of months at all and they said anything other than they felt comfortable challenging or you know yeah calling something out if it didn't feel feel right um uh, very very important to us so yeah. i think you know uh, yeah great let's look forward a little bit then 
um what would you say the i was going to say commercial vision but i'm just going to stick to vision because i think it's probably nice to have a, have a wider look at it but what would you say the vision for the business is uh for the next couple of years next five years two years yeah how far ever you want to look forward um what what does that look like to you and for the business i mean from a kind of um from a corporate line perspective the the actual vision of this business is to become the global partner of choice for any um, organization who might be looking to develop a point of care uh, diagnostic. Um, in terms of what that that means or what we think that can mean for us, you know, we've, if I look at the last 12 months, actually, we have, in, in the last 12 months, we've literally doubled in size. So there's now over 60 employees here. I think mm-hmm. we started 2022 with about, about 30 employees. Um, 11 nationalities actually represented in there. So we've got a really kind of international um, outlook, which we think is very important actually, because that that level of mix that comes into business is like really important. And growth over that same period from a financial revenue perspective, seen as increased sales by 70%. Um, again, importantly, 70% of those sales are exported. So not only are we growing, we're maintaining the level of export, which is really, really important. Um, we've doubled the size of the manufacturing facility as well. Um, and we continue to invest. So again, last 12 months, I think we've invested 1.5 million in capital um, equipment mainly and some at least hope improvements. Um, the the next few years um, will see us doing uh, a number of things. The main focus will remain on IVD. Mm-hmm. So we are a point of care IVD business. What we're not doing at the minute and what we haven't actively tried to do is really into the US in any major um, scale. We do have a couple of significant US customers. They've came to us. Um, so we're going to see quite an expansion into the States next year. That'd be kind of the first major shift. The second one is that a number of the products that we have been developing for or on behalf of clients are commercializing as well. So we're going to see more um, manufacturing revenues really kick in next year as well, which um, will will, will, will increase growth significantly. And it will also mean actually that we need to add another 13,000 square feet of manufacturing site, which we've already secured. And we'll start to fit out with that very, very soon. Um, In terms of numbers, um, I would be expecting times 10 growth so in t- terms of revenue, I'd be expecting times 10 within the next three to five years. So five years being um, pessimistic, three years optimistic, and I think I'll fall somewhere in between there. Our, our growth um, targets have been absolutely on the money thus far. So we've pretty much hit every um, growth target that we've had um, year on year. Um, and our, you know, since founding, as I say, in 2015, we've been profitable every year. Yeah. So we've not had any years of non-profit um, and we've reinvested very, very significantly with those profits. So there's no uh, shareholder sitting off the side, you know, creaming profits off. All yeah. those profits go back into business uh, and back into, you know, hopefully helping us and the staff yeah. uh, really have, a, have the best chance of having a great career. Um, so, yeah, it's it's there's there's some big opportunities ahead for mm-hmm. us out, out with the kind of core diagnostics and um, we have diversified into um, some non-medical fields like agri-tech mm-hmm. kind of wearables health uh, type wearables um, and we see that again as a, an area that we can see a significant amount of growth on 
Um, the beauty in some of these areas is that they are um, they're easier to access mm-hmm. because regulatory hurdles are, are far less. Yep. Um, the regulatory pathways, again, as you may well know, I'm sure you do, um, with the introduction of the IVDR means that getting products onto the, the market that are queues with the notified bodies now um, 12 to 18 months is very normal. Mm-hmm. So um, we need to be wary of that. We need to plan for that and make sure that we don't have any, you know, um, uh, periods where we were anticipating revenues and it doesn't materialize. So well, we don't think that's going to be the case. You know, looking at some of these lower barrier markets is probably a good way to um, de-risk the um, potential um, queue yeah. <laughs> um, with the notified bodies. No, th- thank you for that. I think it, it's really refreshing, really good to hear that long-term vision for the business with growing growing the, the, the markets into the US as well. It sounds exciting whilst probably a little bit daunting at the same time maybe um and then obviously the 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 reinvestment is um into the business itself is is um is good to hear as well i think sometimes people who are joining a business like to see that that company is always trying to improve not just uh, with their clients but but themselves as well with their facilities their um, the equipment they have their day-to-day offices where the people are working day in day out as well and it sounds like you guys are very much doing that. So, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, guys, it's, you know, the people who work here are generally technologists of yeah. some description, be it manufacturing, design engineers, scientists. Um, <laughs> they like shiny new things. Yeah. So, <laughs> the more shiny new things you have, um, we don't buy shiny new things for the sake of it, but yeah. the more that are there, people do um, get something from it, as you say, no question about it. Yeah. But, you know, equally, and it has a bit of cliche, but, you know, people are the number one asset. And any business leader will tell you that, you know, mm-hmm. whether they, you know, and you have to sign off pieces of capital equipment at millions of pounds. Mm-hmm. It may not feel like that in that particular day, but overall, you know, the asset that matters most here is people. Um, and equally, um, we've taken a, a very, um, you know, a, a very... Uh, considered approach to how we train our individuals as well. So as well as personal development opportunities, there are a couple of key programs that we run um, in a sort of cycle, cyclic basis. So they're around Lean Six Sigma, so yellow belt, green belt, black belt training. We have a significant percentage of trained individuals here. Everything we do is data driven. So we don't, um, um, <laughs> quite often, um, you know, if you're, if you've been at university, you're working university lab, decisions are made on relatively low numbers. You mm-hmm. know, these eureka moments come when one or two things, yep. something happens once or twice. We take that, but we make it really robust and really reliable. And the way we do that is by testing more and more and more and making sure we get the same results. Mm-hmm. And that's where these um, Lean Six Sigma uh, programs really help with us because it gets everyone trained, dialed in. They know the tools, they know how to analyze the data, they know how to look at stuff statistically and work out if it's important or not. Um, So we do lots there. We've also started um, a management training and a leadership training program this year, structured training program, which Mm -hmm. we just started really this year. Again, that's with a few to make sure that all of our managers and leaders are actually skilled to scale up as well. Okay, Because as I say, the challenges change. Um, The more people you have, as wonderful as people may be, the more people you have, the more challenges you also have because life Get, you know, yeah, gets yeah. in the way of things. So, um, so we need to make sure that our leaders are skilled to deal with these issues yeah. um, and help help 
people get over you know particular things mm. it it sounds like to me and i can draw a lot of comparisons with Charlton morris our business and yourselves as well because it sounds like you're very much a giving your people the, the best kind of possible experience in inside of work which then really motivates them to go and provide the best possible service for your clients yeah. and really starts yeah. to that's how the business sounds like it's grown to now and will continue to grow as well because if you don't give if you're not putting them and elevating your managers to be the best managers they can be which will then elevate their teams then they're not going to deliver the best service to, to your Absolutely. clients we've got there's, there's loads of indicators that, that yeah. tell us that so you know you've got the the fact you're delivering what clients want yeah delivering it well and delivering it in a timely fashion that's a good indicator and um, other things like i've mentioned already staff retention very healthy mm -hmm. um and you know absence rate our absence rates are minute um so you know again that tells you that people aren't there's no monday club in netflix yeah, yeah. medical okay yeah. so people um seem uh, happy enough uh, to come to come to work and that's excellent and you know we're, we're grateful for it and you know it allows us to try and you know um do other things to reward people, be that small things like, you know, events and Christmas parties and pizzas and, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, you know, morning rolls every other Monday or whatever. Um, um, but we, you know, also allows us to do some more significant things like, you know, assess salaries properly and um, keep on top of them and sure we're always competitive. And, you know, for example, this year there's, a, there's, a, there's an end of year uh, bonus uh, scheme as well where that's a, um, essentially company profits yeah. will be um, utilised to, to to provide that. Kevin, you, you sound like a very genuine leader and you sound like you have a very clear vision for the company and the company does have a very clear vision as well. And I just want to thank you for sharing that with me and, and obviously sharing this on the podcast. I think if anybody... And when people listen to this, I think they will they will hear that. And I think it's really good for people to hear that from someone like yourself. Um, and you can tell that that will be kind of sung throughout as well, uh, throughout the whole company. So um, just firstly, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate the transparency. Um, and it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Okay, thanks very much, Nathan. Pleasure. That's Cheers. Thanks, Kevin. So that was my Diagnostic Digest with Kevin Fallon, CEO at Flex Medical. I'd like to thank Kevin again for his time and his insight he provided on his company and their story so far. I hope anyone who is interested in any of the points we discussed during the podcast could gain some valuable perspectives from his role and the experience he has within the industry. Check out the rest of the series for plenty more insights from industry leaders in the diagnostic space. Thanks again for listening. I've been your host, Nathan Sharp. Bye for now.